got a real good feeling. You're listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast with Crypto Jeb, bringing you the best and most updated news about cryptocurrency. Tune in every morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch this podcast live on our YouTube channel. Hey guys, what's going on? Jab here. And in today's video, we are going to be going over what occurred yesterday at the B-Word conference. As you guys know, Kathy Wood, Elon Musk, and Jack Dorsey were in a call and they came together to talk about a plethora of different things. Included amongst them were whether or not Elon Musk and Tesla would be moving forward with buying Bitcoin and what the future of Bitcoin might mean for the rest of the civilized world. We're also going to be talking about the open interest on the CME futures market for Bitcoin because it looks like we might be about to see a bit of some shorting price action coming into Bitcoin. we got a lot to talk about in today's stream. It's going to be a good one. Make sure you smash that like button if you haven't already. I am joined, as always, by my two lovely co-hosts. Definitely not high. Tim? What? I don't think that's that's never been the name. That's huh? your name now, though. Why, why would I be definitely not high, Tim, because, now? Because I misspoke. Kind of okay, crypto, sure. Tim. There we and go. Smay Tang. How you doing, Smay? Hi, How you everybody. doing, Tim? Everybody. Hello. Smay, uh, Jillian, who, for everybody who doesn't know, which is probably most people watching this, Jillian is our graphic designer. Uh, the reason I say that is because she's not on camera. That sounded mean, but Jillian is awesome. And if she's watching this, shout out to Jillian. She's really cool. She does everything over on Instagram. Jillian did a little trading card of Smay and said that the uh, the unevolved form of Smay, like a like a Pokemon of Smay, is a, a Smay Is yeah, that what it was, Smay? Yeah. A Smay Panzee, guys. Yeah, there very, we go. Very, uh, there's a lot of lore behind the Smay Tangup, supposedly. So there is. Yeah, yeah it, but- it's it's growing every day. <laughs> so guys. We have a lot to cover in today's stream. Make sure to leave anything that you would like us to cover in the chat. We're going to try and be extremely engaged with chat today. That went well yesterday. You guys seem yes. to really enjoy that. So make sure any questions you have, whether they're in the form of a super chat or not, that is okay. We're going to try and interact with chat as much as we possibly can. But we have a lot that we're going to be going over today. Tim, is there anything we need to talk about before I jump straight on in? Well, I did see a comment from Jeff, the talking mongoose, who says that he is here for for more turtle action. Uh, uh, do, I, so do, I, do I give we, some turtle action real quick? You I think I think action? I we think we should have action. a turtle. We should have a turtle sighting at 500 likes, and then another turtle, another turtle sighting with uh, fun facts about the turtle at a thousand likes. I like this idea. You want? Fun, hold on, I turned up so, a bit too much. You want a fun facts about? Do you think you guys really want? Because I could go on and on and on and on about maybe that. like the top top fact about the turtles. The top fact, like, yeah. No. Top fact like, about the turtles. Not like ten minutes of facts or anything. Okay. Yeah, because Smay will go on literally for hours. He is Coyote Peterson's son. Anyway, guys, we I'm are going to go ahead. Coyote Peterson. But you don't have the cool hat. Exactly. I mean, you have a cool hat, but you don't have that cool hat. That's what hat. makes me better than him. Anyhow, we're going to go ahead and jump into this, guys, because we want to talk about what happened at the B-World conference yesterday. I'm going to go ahead and share my screen, which has been disabled by the host. May, ah! can I share my screen? Nice. Ah! Oh, my gosh. Yeah, nice, May. Do it, do it, do it. Smay, you Try have again. been fired. Smay, I think this is like the 15th time that you're getting fired, but that's okay. Uh, Elon Musk says Tesla will most likely resume accepting Bitcoin. This is a 
I hate to say it, but it's true. Groundbreaking quote coming out of Elon Musk, because as you guys know, Elon Musk and his company Tesla began accepting Bitcoin earlier on this year. And then relatively soon thereafter, they decided, no, actually, we're not going to accept Bitcoin because too much of Bitcoin is mined with non-renewable resources. And I'm sure his PR department was having an aneurysm. So he decided to go ahead and revoke that ability. Tesla could resume accepting Bitcoin. Speaking at the B-Word conference alongside ARK Invest CEO, Kathy Wood and Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey, Musk said the EV firm will most likely resume accepting the premier cryptocurrency for purchases. Musk said, it looks like Bitcoin is shifting a lot more towards renewables and a bunch of the heavy duty coal plants that were being used have been shut down, especially in China. Adding, he said, I want to do a little more due diligence to confirm that the percentage of renewable energy usage is most likely at or above 50% and that there is a trend towards increasing that number. If so, Tesla will most likely resume accepting Bitcoin. You guys know that Tesla accepting Bitcoin is a big part of what drove the price appreciation of Bitcoin earlier on this year. And when Elon Musk and Tesla decided to stop accepting Bitcoin, it was one of the big things that caused a crash in Bitcoin. Now, we've talked about plenty of times on the channel how this is not a healthy thing for the market to be doing, which is us blindly following billionaires. But what it does mean is that we do see that there is a very large correlation between price and what Tesla is doing. So like it or not, what Tesla does in relation to Bitcoin is going to have a major impact on the price action. So we have been looking at this for a while. As you guys know, uh, China shut down Bitcoin mining. Something like 95% of Bitcoin mining in China has now been moving overseas. A lot of it has been moving to America. We've seen statistics, which I don't have to show you in front of me, but We've seen statistics that uh, 17% of global mining is now happening in America. A large portion of those miners are moving towards places like uh, Eastern Europe, the Middle East, and North and South America. So we're seeing a lot of mining moving around the world, a lot of it coming to places like uh, North America and the United States of America. So this is a very good thing for a couple of reasons. Number one, it brings um, decentralization to the Bitcoin network. Too much of the miners were in uh, mainland China, and because of that, we did not have the same level of decentralization that we would have like to. We didn't have, uh, I think, depending on what source you looked at, we had somewhere around 45 to 50% of miners uh, in China, and some sources put it as even high as 60%. It was hard to tell, but the point is it's very low. Now, the fact that that has been de uh, decentralized is an incredibly healthy thing for the market, and it also is probably one of the things, not probably, is definitely one of the things is leading towards more green energy being used in Bitcoin. So we've been speculating for the last couple of weeks here on this channel that do impart to this news or do in full to this news that we should be expecting to see something like this coming from Elon Musk. And we now have. So this is a very good sign because we do want to see Tesla adopting Bitcoin while we don't want to idol worship and we don't want a billionaire worship and uh, institution worship, we do also have to realize that whenever institutions are in cryptocurrency, it is naturally going to be a bullish thing for the price. Uh, Tim, do you have anything to add to that before I move on here? Well, I mean, I, I think it's even cooler that what he was talking about was not only is Tesla, because he said Tesla's going to be, or he's expecting them to, but he did announce that SpaceX, I think that was something we all yes, assumed I was SpaceX had Bitcoin, but uh, mm -hmm. he confirmed that SpaceX now is for sure invested in Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I have more thoughts, Jeb. I know we talked about it before the show started. I think 
I'll talk about it a little bit later when we get more into the charts. Cool. Uh, so yeah, sounds good. I'm going to go ahead and move on to this next article. This is talking about five things that were shared at the B word conference. You guys know that that was a big deal. And in fact, I am of the opinion that a large portion of the bullish price action that we've seen over the last 48 hours has been as a result of this conference, Kathy Wood, Elon Musk, and Jack Dorsey, three of these three individuals are incredibly wealthy. They're incredibly powerful and them getting in the same room together with literally hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people in cryptocurrency watching them, these very influential uh, people talk about Bitcoin was a very big deal for the morale, but also for the evangelization of the cryptocurrency space. So these are five big takeaways as um, put together by Coin, uh, CoinApe.com, uh, CoinGape.com, excuse me. SpaceX, Tesla, and Elon Musk are currently holding Bitcoin. This is what um, uh, Tim was talking about here. Elon Musk revealed during the B-Word conference that both his companies, SpaceX and Tesla, are currently holding Bitcoin. Bitcoin. This comment came as a surprise to many in lieu of Tesla's recent stance against Bitcoin when the company reversed its earlier announcement of accepting payments in the cryptocurrency. However, Musk did stand on his ground uh, on his previous proof of work criticism against Bitcoin. I am a supporter of Bitcoin, but we need to watch out for crypto taking, especially Bitcoin, using proof of work to maybe use energy that's too much and not necessarily good for the environment. So, there's several things that we can dive into here about that. I'm not going to go into all of it because we talk about it quite a bit. Number one, the thing that gives something value is its scarcity and its its difficulty to obtain. So the fact that it takes a lot of electricity to generate and uh, support Bitcoin is exactly the thing that gives Bitcoin value in the first place. So I don't think that's something that we should be terribly concerned about. Our traditional financial instruments and our fiat currencies take exorbitant amounts of power as it is and uh, energy as it is. So it doesn't make a lot of sense from me, uh, from my point of view to criticize Bitcoin for that when everything uh, does the exact same thing. You've heard that argument a million times, though. Moving on here, Elon Musk is holding Bitcoin, Ethereum and Doge, but one of them is for entertainment. So this is another thing we heard out of this. Uh, Musk elaborated on his holdings of meme coins like Doge. He said that the Dogecoin community is irreverent. Be careful not to read that as irrelevant, like I did the first time and thought it was funny, and that they have hilarious memes. Musk shared he likes both do uh, dogs and memes. He specifically he specified that he likes how Doge does not take off too seriously. Musk himself does not seem to take Doge seriously and comes off as having invested in the coin for the fun of it. He said this, uh, the most ironic and entertaining outcome would be cryptocurrency that started off as a joke to make fun of cryptocurrencies. Um, to make fun of cryptocurrency ends up being the leading cryptocurrency. Now, I don't know if he said this again during the B-Word conference because he was quoted as saying this several months ago, um, much to the mixed reaction of the Dogecoin community. But nevertheless, that's what he said. Guys, before I move on to the rest of these points, I want to hear what chat thinks about this. What do you guys think Elon Musk moving back in the direction of supporting Bitcoin could mean for the cryptocurrency space? A lot of people were in the chat of the B-Word conference saying like, Hey, I wonder if we're about to witness the market move because of something that comes out of this man's mouth. After all, he's one of the richest people on the planet. Him simply saying something can have a major impact on the market. And while we're waiting for those chats to roll in, Tim and Smad, I'd love to hear what both of you guys think. What do you think this is going to do to the price of Bitcoin now that he's talking about uh, space? Uh, excuse me, Tesla moving back into the direction of buying Bitcoin or uh, accepting uh, Bitcoin? Can you share your screen, please? I can. My bad. Boom. Boom. Uh, so the the first thing I will say, uh, back to what you said, Jeb, I do think the B word conference affected that rally. However, when you look at the chart, 
And you know, I can do it really quickly because I'm on the hourly chart. Uh, let me go back here and share my screen real quickly. Uh, this, the conference started at 12 o'clock yesterday. So at 12 o'clock, we were sitting right here at 32,127. So literally this rally, all of this right here, yep. I'm going to draw it, was all in anticipation. Come on now, I hit, the, I hit the thing. There we go. This was all anticipation of the B-word conference. This is what has happened since the B-word conference has gone on. We have traded sideways. So you know, we didn't see a massive dip. We did see a, spark, a, a sharp rally during the segment about two o'clock, you know, on the 1400 is what it says, but that's about two o'clock. We did rally all the way as high as 32,800. However, you know, blow that up a little bit more. However, it quickly came right back down as you can see. So, you know, I'm gonna stop sharing real quick. My opinion, Jeb, is that, you know, I've seen it in chat here a lot is that in all reality, the B word conference was a little bit disappointing. There was a lot, whole lot of nonsense. Uh, even Elon, you know, I think the good thing to take away is that Elon said that, Hey, Tesla's moving back in that direction. We are confirming SpaceX is there. I'm continuing to hold that. That was, that was the highlight and probably just about the only thing of mass importance uh, that came out of that mm -hmm. conference because yeah. uh, I mean, I didn't get to watch it, but I'm looking at it and I'm seeing comments, not only on our channel, but on other people's comments as well, other channels as well, is they're pretty much saying Elon was super vague about almost everything he talked about. Jack Dorsey went on his spiel. I think it's in that article you're reading about how he thinks that Bitcoin could bring world peace. Yeah, we're, a lot of people are going to get to that. <laughs> that that's pretty funny. Um, I think it was a a very overhyped and underdelivered conference mm -hmm. overall. Um, yeah, well, I would say my I, I agree with you a lot. Like, I think overall, I think what we're seeing here is that. The more Elon Musk says things that is affecting the price, each time it's now becoming less and less potent, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, now at this point, he's he's saying something again that could perceived as something that's a bullish price movement. But I think people are like, eh, well, it doesn't really matter actually what he's saying. It doesn't really matter if Tesla accepts Bitcoin. I mean, that's big, but, like, it, it's not – I don't think there's enough excitement at the, at the whim of what Elon Musk says at this point that people are going to go buy because of it. So – uh, I think it's just wearing off. Yeah, yeah I, I think you're right. It has that almost the boy who cried wolf type of feeling to what is happening with Elon and, and crypto. Mm -hmm. uh, like, you, like you, I loved how you said every single time he talks, it seems like it's worth like less and less effective. Yep. And it's kind of which in, in reality, I think that's what it needed to happen. I, I you know I feel for you know Elon that that's happening to him. You know, I, I overall you know a lot of people dislike Elon as a person. I think the things that he is doing not only for his own business and for the world. I think he's just, what he's going around is really, really cool. Really. He's going to accomplish a whole lot. Uh, but I am glad to see that one person's power over the market is dwindling because you never want one person. I mean, even when it's positive, you never want one person to have that much sway, uh, either positive or negative. Yeah. And I got guys, I think what Tim said there about the, um, about the price and the anticipation was a very important thing for us to take away is that a lot of times you will see people get very excited about things like these. You'll get people very excited about a celebrity endorsing Bitcoin or about, um, some announcement or some conference. And then it happens and then it doesn't matter because it's just some opinion pieces. And yes, it can move the price if there's some kind of massive announcement, but nothing really came of this. It's interesting and it's in the news and I'm going to tell you a couple of other things that came out of it. But for the most part, it was just three people sitting in a room talking. 
just because they are worth a lot of money doesn't make them necessarily any smarter than the rest of us. It doesn't necessarily make them any more likely to move the market than the rest of them. So with that said, uh, let's go ahead and read on here to the rest of these points. Uh, I'm going to breeze through these pretty quickly, but I do want to go ahead and cover them. Tesla is likely to be accepting Bitcoin in the foreseeable future. This is something we talked about a second ago, but I'll read the quote. It looks like Bitcoin is shifting more towards renewables. I've actually already read this, but I'll read it again since I started. There is a trend towards more than 50% renewables. In that case, Tesla would resume accepting Bitcoin most likely. Tesla's bank balances in Europe have a negative interest rate. You have to pay the bank to hold your money. This is insane. That's something I saw him say live. The bank balances in Europe are, excuse me, not the bank balances, the interest rates in Europe are absolutely ridiculous because they are dealing with negative interest rates over there. It is an absolute joke. And anyone who understands how negative interest rates work, I don't have time to get into it in today's video, will understand why Bitcoin is so incredibly valuable. Now, this is one of the most interesting things that I think it was said out of uh, the B-Word conference. And it's not really on point for the stream, so we're not going to spend too much time on this, but I think it is interesting. Jack Dorsey said, I hope that Bitcoin creates world peace. So the host of the B-Word conference asked the final question, what is the major impact that you think Bitcoin will have on the world, something to that effect. I forget the exact uh, uh, wording. And when it got to Dorsey, he said that he hopes that it creates world peace. Tim and Smay, in under a minute, I would love to hear what you think about that. Let's start with Tim. I, I, you know, I'm of the opinion that I don't think something like this could bring about world peace. I think there's a lot of things that go into why we don't have world peace. That I, while monetary issues are probably a leg of the chair. I don't think that fixing that leg will fix the whole problem. Uh, I also like how people said in chat, it's like, was he trying out for Miss America or something? Uh, you know, I think even I don't know if it was that <laughs> article or a different article that was saying it, it very much had the miscongeniality type of feel to it. But that's my thought. I, I think it was a him really trying to be moving and, and maybe even emotional to even drive the emotional uh, price of Bitcoin. But I ultimately think it was inconsequential. Yeah. yeah. What do you think, Smith? Um, I, I, like same thing as Tim. Like genuinely, I think there's a lot more wrong with the world right now than our financial systems. But I will mm -hmm. say this: there, it, maybe not world peace, but uh, I think it could be huge for um, helping bring a lot of countries that typically wouldn't transact with each other to a point where they're uh, transacting with each other. Uh, I was talking with a friend yesterday about this and talking about how it, if we return to a point that everyone's currency is ba backed by the same thing like it used to be with gold, mm -hmm. we could, especially a, a digital digital currency, so there's not as much you know hassle uh, exchanging it, right? We could definitely see uh, a lot more countries uh, have more access to more things, more technology. Like I think uh, one of the things that we found is places like companies like Apple and big tech companies right now they will uh, screw over other countries that have a different exchange rate and make them end up having to pay more overall yep. for goods. But if everything costs the same, then they're going to have easier access to a lot of that stuff too. So, uh, yeah, uh, I, that's why I think, I think it's just going to bring about more integration, like more of the world is going to be integrated together. But I don't think it's going to bring peace. I think if anything, that might just open yep. the door for more problems. Yeah, I think the thing to – you know, I was watching a – 
I was watching, and by the way, guys, even before I say this, if you're enjoying today's stream, smash that like button and drop a plus one in chat if you are enjoying the content here. Make sure to leave any questions that you guys have in chat and we will read those ASAP. We're going to do some uh, interaction here with chat here in just a second. But I was watching a video a couple of days ago on uh, great power conflicts. So a great power is a nation that has influence around the world. If that country or that nation is starting to do something, then the rest of the world is going to feel the impacts of it. So America is a great power nowadays. Um, China is a great power. Uh, Russia and the USSR was a great power at one point. There was a chart that I saw of great power conflicts over the past 600 years. And during the, I think it was the 14th, 15th, and 16th century, there was a 95% chance every single year that there was a great power war going on, that there was a conflict between a great power going on. Normally, these great powers at the time were in Europe. Warfare was incredibly commonplace before we went off the gold standard back during the time where we had stable currency that was built on things like gold and silver war was actually far more common than it has been in the last 200 years so i want to clarify something that we talk about with cryptocurrency the fact that we've been able to debase our currencies and print money into oblivion is not necessarily creating more war it's creating much more powerful war so I don't think that if we go back to having a stable uh, foundation for our currency like we did up until roughly 150, 200 years ago, that we're going to see less war. In fact, we might see more war. The point is that we'll probably see smaller war because the amount of con- the amount of uh, uh, money that is in the coffers of the national governments of the world will be a lot less because they can't inflate the currency to raise capital for wars like that. So I don't necessarily agree that we're going to see less war. In fact, I don't know if it's going to have any impact, unfortunately, because we are human. What I do know is that if we base our economies and base our, um, our uh, currencies off of solid uh, monetary policy and real economics, the world is going to be a better place in general because more of the power will be put back into our hands, the people who have uh, good motives, because we all have our own motives, than uh, than else. Uh, we also have a donation here from Rennie Rivera, donated 20 bucks. He said, I love my brothers in Christ being so involved in this space. Starbucks on me, guys. I might take you up on that. I would love some coffee, even though I have some coffee right here. Yeah. Check out this Yellowstone book. Boom. Tim, what do you think? Uh, yeah, well, so I've been paying a lot of attention to chat. You know, I think there's a large majority of people who are kind of, so I want to give, I want to give a little bit of credit to people who are looking at it from a different angle. I think a lot of us who have been in Bitcoin for a while are looking at this and saying, Hey, there was nothing new. It was nothing special. However, you know, I'm interacting with Chaz and Chad. I've seen a couple other people comment in the one thing that potentially we will see come from this is there were lots of people who have nothing to do with Bitcoin who were able to see this. They yes. did get to hear the opinions. They did get to have their mind changed. So maybe to those of us who are already in Bitcoin, this didn't affect us whatsoever. It, they pretty much reiterated things we already knew, didn't say anything special. But to someone who isn't in Bitcoin, maybe that was big. And, and so I will, you know, as we, you know, kind of finish talking about the B word conference, I will, I will say, I really do hope that this brings yeah. adoption to millions of people. I do yeah. think, you know, not just for my portfolio, but for Jack Dorsey's hope of world peace, I do think that Bitcoin yeah. is going to be, you know, whether it solves complete world peace or whether it just maybe gives us a step towards that direction. Yeah. Uh, I think it is something the world needs. Solid, hard money yeah. is needed. Uh, so I, I'm in agreement that I hope that this does bring lots of adoption. It just wasn't necessarily ground shaking as I think some people were hoping it would be. Well, yep. I, and I, ought to, I like, I think that's why I, I was about to say that actually, right. When you're, you said that, cause I, my thought is like, 
I, I'm glad, and I love what the super chat just says. So I'm going to read that here in a second. But um, I, I really think that uh, Bitcoin is bigger than its short-term price movements, guys. Yeah. So I think that that's the. I'm ex- I'm actually glad it, we didn't see a giant pump, right? Because like even what he just said, and I'm going to read the super chat. Rory, I'm sorry, I cannot pronounce your last name. But I'm going to say, Rory, he says, hey, guys, I was glad the B-word didn't have a huge impact on coins. The last thing we need is a currency that freaks out every time some dude tweets. True. Yep. And that yep. And is at- even pump or not. I mean, mm-hmm. unless you're in cryptocurrency mm-hmm. just to make a short-term gain, it, it, it really depends on why you're into it. But if you're into it for the reason that you really should be into it is that you believe in its fundamental reasons to how it can solve a lot of issues uh, mm-hmm. financially yep. for a lot of countries – uh, then this is a drop in the pan. This is like, okay, well, if anything, we're excited about this conference, not because it's, it was supposed to pump the price, but we're excited about this conference because it's going to open the door for more people who aren't aware of Bitcoin or don't trust Bitcoin to maybe inch a little bit closer to trusting it and uh, potentially adopting it. So that's why I think this is a, a big deal, but not for the reasons that we're going to see a pump from it. Absolutely, guys. With that said, we're going to go ahead and move on here. I have an article here from El Salvador, not from El Salvador, but talking about El Salvador that I think is going to be very relevant to what Tim, uh, not what Tim, what Smay just said and what that super chat just said, because unfortunately, there is not as much uh, goodwill towards Bitcoin in El Salvador that we might have hoped. Now, ever since we had the news break that El Salvador was moving in the direction of adopting Bitcoin, I've praised their president, but I've also said, look, guys, I am not from El Salvador. I do not speak for El Salvador. El Salvador is more than welcome to do whatever it wants. I don't want to step on any toes. I don't, it's not my country. So I, I'm just an outsider looking in. And it seems, now I don't know how much of El Salvador is for or against it, but it seems like there are some people uh, concerned about adopting Bitcoin in El Salvador and they are protesting it. And frankly, I kind of expected this to happen because mm-hmm. this is a major step in the history of this nation one that is completely unprecedented in the history of humankind. El Salvador Bitcoin law has citizens protesting. The quick adoption of an El Salvadoran law declaring Bitcoin as legal tender has been poorly received by the country's citizens. This is something I was concerned about. Despite a three-month ban on protest to ostensibly prevent the spread of what I can't say on YouTube, even though I have it, a group of Salvadorans um, composed of leftist unions, student associations, and others gathered at the Legislative Assembly yesterday to protest the country's adoption of Bitcoin as a national currency. The group, popularized by the block. Uh, by the block of resistance and popular rebellion, use banners and slogans to demand that so-called Bitcoin law, uh, which makes Bitcoin legal tender and obligates businesses to accept it, be revoked. But the protesters, like an estimate of 77% of El Salvadorans, think that that's a bad idea. Now, I don't have time to go into all of this, but there has been a lot of polling done. A lot of people in El Salvador seem to not be very excited about this. And, you know, I can't really blame them and I can't actually be surprised. And as a crypto YouTuber, you might be thinking, oh my gosh, what did Jeb just say? He said that you can't blame them for not wanting to accept Bitcoin. Look guys, the point they're making is that Bitcoin lost half its value in three months. They're right. You know, the volatility there is scary, but Mm -hmm. so we need to keep that in mind. You know, El Salvador, we want El Salvador and uh, Paraguay and Panama and all these other nations that are talking about moving in the direction of Bitcoin, whether they're using Bitcoin or not, our heart for those nations is for those nations to be as uh, successful and prosperous as possible. So I don't want to discount at all the concerns that the El Salvadorans have. For any El Salvadorans that might be watching this, maybe I can say that uh, 
even though Bitcoin is incredibly volatile, hopefully in the long run, it will still do better than the US dollar. And hopefully in the long run, it'll still be able to combat inflation in a way that the US dollar is incapable of. So I don't want to step on any toes. I'm really just kind of reporting the news here. I'm not going to jump into El Salvador and politics because it's not my place um, as someone who's not from El Salvador. But I did want to bring that to everyone's attention. Uh, Smay and Tim, do you guys have any thoughts on that, on what's going on in El Salvador? Anything uh, that we can say to the El Salvador <laughs> to make them feel better, maybe? Uh, so the first thing is, and, and it, I think it's too early to know it's for certain, although I, I know that a lot of the people in the chat probably feel this way. The question is, is this simply another FUD article to scare people? Yeah. I mean, we had we had the first country who is adopting Bitcoin. We knew that they're going to be, you know, we knew there's going to be haters. We know in the past and, you know, we, need to, we don't need to get into it at all, but we know in the past that people have been so powerful to go as far as to pay uh, protesters to go just cause a scene so that they can move their mark. So, you know, while I'm not a hundred percent certain exactly what is going on here because I'm not in El Salvador, you know, we're just reading an article. Uh, it wouldn't be against common sense to believe that there is some, something behind this and this might be more FUD than it is actual fact. Um, but I, I mean, yeah. And one thing that I'm going to say is like, I think this is also an example of why, uh, we want to move away as like a as a investing. I don't even know how to say this, but um, I think that's why we we don't want to see these huge pumps and these huge dips and this much volatility, right? Like, I think when we get to a point where we're trading pretty consistently, right? That's we're because this is for the sake of the people that are adopting as a currency, right? Like, I think especially El Salvador is going to get hit would get hit really hard. Now that we've seen this huge dump, right? So, mm. I think the good news is for El Salvador is that the time that we're looking at them adopting Bitcoin is probably going to be right around the bottom for Bitcoin. So if a lot of El Salvadorans start moving in the direction of Bitcoin, it's very possible that just around the time that they're doing that, they're getting in on the bottom just by uh, just by just by chance. And it could end up being a very good thing for them. Uh, with that said, Bob donated a hundred bucks. Again, Bob, you, my friend, are very kind. You've donated like $400. I don't get it. Thank you so much. Uh, sorry I'm late. Good morning, gentlemen, and to the rest of you Jedi Knights. Hit those likes and crush those super chats. I can get mm -hmm. behind that. Smash the like button and crush those super chats. We very much appreciate everybody who did. We had a, we had another one from Philip Yuli saying, guys, I oh, watched... Good. And I watch and trust you every day, but it seems you were relying on news and comments regarding the conference. For example, Elon explained why Tesla stopped accepting Bitcoin, and it made a lot of sense. Uh, so, again, I, that's why I, I, I did want to give, you know, like I said a little bit ago, credit to some of the things those guys were saying. Mm -hmm. You know, I will, I will go back and watch it to make sure it wasn't anything that we didn't already know. I, I thought that Elon had already confirmed why he had gotten out of it. And it was because of the green energy issue. Uh, so if there's something that he added in that, I will make sure to go back and look. And if, if that's the case tomorrow, yeah. I will tell you guys that I am sorry. And that, that we will go back on what we said, but that, you know, you're absolutely right. And, 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 and I think I saw a comment earlier, pretty much echoing that saying, Hey guys, make sure you don't just listen to YouTubers. You go and do some of this research for yourself, mm -hmm. which is 130% true that this is a great place to have a community discuss this. Obviously you guys do trust us and we appreciate your trust. That does not make us perfect. That does not make us, uh, 
infallible. Yep. Uh, we, we definitely sometimes get things wrong, but the good thing is, and I think you have been here around here for a while. You guys know when we get things wrong, we come back and tell you, Hey guys, by the way, we were wrong about that. Uh, you know, we have no, we're not going to hide from the truth. We're not going to just try to protect our butts to mm-hmm. save face. Uh, so yeah, I, Philip, thank you so much for that. That super chat, that comment. Mm-hmm. I agree with you 100%. Yeah, absolutely. So guys, we're going to move into our final article here, and then we're going to jump into some Bitcoin technical analysis. We're going to do a bit of technical analysis before we wrap it out. But the first thing I want to go into is this. Let me share my screen here. We have some interesting news coming out about Bitcoin futures over on the Chicago Mercantile Exchange. Bitcoin futures positions at two-month high as traders go short. Now, before you cry, Jeb, you're trying to spread FUD. Let's just... Just read it because this might not be as bad as you think. A combination of falling price and rising open interest is said to signal bearish conviction on the part of Bitcoin futures traders. The number of open positions in Bitcoin futures traded on major exchanges, including Binance and the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, continues to rise. And what appears to be a proliferation of short sellers indicates a a dour, I think that's supposed to say sour, market mood that may bring volatility on the higher side. Open interest or the number of futures contracts traded but not squared off with an offsetting position rose to 397,873.36 Bitcoin on Tuesday. I almost said in 36 cents, but that's the wrong currency. Reaching the highest tally since May the 18th, according to data from blockchain analytics firm Glassnode, the dollar value of the number of contracts open remained flat at around $12 billion. So we have our 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 graph here from Glassnode, and you can see that the amount of open interest on exchange has moonshot over the last several months. And we have seen it rally from down here around 300 up to where it sits now, just under 400. So what we need to do with this data here is even before we read on, because there's a lot of opinions in this article, and I'm going to make sure to point out what is fact and what is opinion, because there's a lot of opinions about uh, what all of this means, but let's simply look at the facts. So this is the fact right here. This is the amount of open interest across all exchanges for Bitcoin futures and other Bitcoin uh, derivatives. We are seeing a major amount of it right here. So take a look at the last time we saw a large um, uptick in open interest on Bitcoin. We saw it happen right here in between May and June. We saw a major correction during that time. We also saw the same thing happen here in late April. We saw a major correction during that time. We also saw that there was a large uptick in uh, open interest right over here in late February and early March. Then there was a correction. We saw that there was a ton of open interest over here back before the bull market really started to go into full swing. What I want to point out here is that there's about to be a lot of opinions in this article that the vast majority of this open interest is uh, people trying to short the market. There is an argument to be made with that having to do with the funding rate, which, which is the amount of um, money going in and out versus longs and shorts. Right now, it's very hard to tell whether this is a bullish or a bearish thing. What we do know is that there is a lot of volume going on on the futures market. What we do know is that there is a lot of interest in trading Bitcoin on the futures market. And in general, that is probably indicative of a, uh, a healthy amount of interest in the space. Notice we have more uh, open interest and a faster rally in open interest over the last three months than we have seen throughout this graph that shows the last eight months of history on open interest for futures contracts. That's in 
indicative that there's a lot of money coming into the space, whether it be longing or shorting, there's a lot of valuation coming into these markets. So that is actually in and of itself a very healthy thing. This is basically another way of looking at a volume graph. We're seeing a lot of volume right here. It's not the exact same thing as volume. It's the amount of money that is tied up in, an, in a futures contract. So it's slightly different, but you can look at it somewhat similarly. The other thing I want to point out is that every time we see a big spike here, yeah, we see a dump, but oftentimes it's not very long. Notice we saw a rally right here, but we were already pretty much through this crash when this open interest rallied. Right here, we were pretty much through, or excuse me, we weren't pretty much through, but we did not see a very major crash right here when we saw open interest rally. And also over here, for example, we saw open interest rally and then we saw a big rally. Over here, we saw open interest rally and yeah, we saw a small correction, which we needed, but then we went into a rally. Over here, large amounts of open interest, we went into a rally. Over here, we had a ton of open interest and it led to the beginning of this bull market. So the reason I go into detail detail on that is because, like I said, this article is about to talk about how this is uh, probably a lot of short positions and how this might be very bearish. It might be. It's true, but it's something that we want to take with a grain of salt. When measured in kind, the metric has risen by more than 100,000 Bitcoin since late May. According to experts, the uptick in open interest indicates traders that have been opening short or sell positions amid flat to negative price action in the cryptocurrency. Bitcoin has mainly traded in the $30,000 to $40,000 region in the past two months, barring a couple of short-lived dips to 29. In my opinion, it's mostly short futures, given the, pes uh, the persistent negative funding rate in perpetual markets over the past few weeks, as well as futures markets trading in backward um Backwardation. Shiliang uh, Tang, chief investment officer of Ledger Prime, a $130 million crypto hedge firm, told Coindesk. And he's right. If you look at the funding rate down here, the funding rate is absolutely negative. And the reason that it's negative is because we are in a correction. It makes sense that we are. The question is, where does that reverse? Where does that funding rate reverse? You guys know that I have a price target for Bitcoin, probably in the, uh, not probably, somewhere in the top uh, 20s region, around 20, maybe 26. Uh, excuse me, 24, 25, 26,000. That's where I think Bitcoin is going. What I think is going to happen here is that a lot of this open interest is going to end up playing into that small correction down into those mid-20s. And then a lot of this open interest is going to flip and a lot of it's going to turn, turn bullish and turn into longs when people start looking for those buying opportunities down there. So guys, I'm not going to go into anything else in this article. We pretty much covered all of it. Here is a good example of the... Um, the uh, uh, spot price and everything turning negative, uh, flipping into, uh, let me just read this. The three months, a positive funding rate means longs are paying shorts to keep the position opens and the market is keep bullish. Meanwhile, a negative funding rate implies a bearish market position. The three month basis or the difference between the price of the three month futures and the spot price recently turned negative, flipping on the so-called backwardation, a sign of bearish sentiment among futures traders. Essentially, what we're seeing here is that the sentiment in the futures market is shifting further towards Towards bearishness. That's one way of looking at it. The other way of looking at it is that we are completing our transition back to neutrality. The market rallied way too quickly. We've talked about that many times here on the channel. Bitcoin rallied way too quickly in between August of last year and uh, April 15th tax day of this year. We rallied far too quickly. We didn't have any corrections. We needed to have those resets. So the fact that we're seeing resets in everything, including the futures market and including the open interest, is a very healthy thing because it indicates that the market is returning back to its equilibrium where hopefully we can start a new rally from. I don't think that the correction is over. I've made that very clear, but I do think that we are closer than we were a few months ago, obviously, and I think that we might be around the corner from that bottom. 
We're going to talk about that more here in a minute when we jump into Bitcoin technical analysis. But Tim, I want to hear your take on this. Where do you think that Bitcoin is heading over the next couple of months? Does this news of the um, of the open interest potentially being very negative change any of your opinions on where you think Bitcoin is going? Well, I'll start off by saying I've never been a fan of the futures options in Bitcoin. Uh, I don't Same like here. I don't like that that's here. I don't like that people take advantage of it. It seems like a really sloppy and I guess it'd be good to get people into Bitcoin just to be used to it without having necessarily way too much um, exposure to it. But I just don't think that that's what is good for Bitcoin long term. That's just my opinion. Uh, as far as where I think the price is going, you know, th this is something we've talked about for a long time. I'm not as good. I, I always love when people do long term price predictions. Um, and I, I really would love to know where they're getting the numbers. I know I was watching one guy give one and he's talking about the math of things. But in all reality, when long term price predictions are given, it is speculation. It is it is educated feelings, I guess, is the best way to really describe how people do their long-term price predictions. However, I do think that there is, uh, you know, with everything happening with the fundamentals of Bitcoin, I saw uh, someone asked in chat earlier, they're like, oh, am I a bad guy for not really caring about the fundamentals? You know, I wouldn't say you're a bad guy for no. not caring about the fundamentals. I would say that you're making a mistake if you don't care about the fundamentals because technical analysis, as great as this, does not move the price. The fundamentals are what makes us move the price. When people, the adoption of it is what makes us move the price. Yeah, I don't the, know if I agree with that, Tim. The, you don't think the fundamentals in the news and the adoption of it is what moves the price? No, they absolutely do. But you said, I don't think the technicals move the price and they do. <laughs> well, what I'm saying is that just because the chart, you can read a chart doesn't mean that the price goes up or down. Uh, if all you do is pay attention to the chart, that doesn't make Bitcoin's price go up or down. Well, it's, well, yeah, it, what you paying attention to it doesn't make the doesn't make the price move, but the chart definitely has impacts on the price. Either way, either way, the fundamental analysis is is a massively needed part to Absolutely. knowing what's going to happen to the price is what I'm ultimately getting at. Yes. And if you look at the fundamentals, this is the reason why we do not believe, or at least you know, I'm I don't want to speak for anybody else. I do not believe that we are in a bear market, <clears throat> and it's because of the fundamentals we are seeing. Something I was talking with Jeb earlier today about. And we might discuss it again here in a second when we do some technical analysis is, man, we have seen everything that the institutions have asked for, for Bitcoin, for them to adopt Bitcoin and go and buy in. So, you know, I think the last piece of the puzzle is I think that institutions have picked a price on the chart. They said, when it hits this price, we are going to buy. Uh, and I think when that happens, you know, I think it, I think an easy argument on technical analysis could be like, as I've seen it, I've seen people say based off of technical analysis, uh, we could see us going all the way back down to $10,000, $8,000 in Bitcoin. However, the fundamentals and the the what we see in the news and what we see in adoption does not support that sentiment whatsoever. I do believe by the end of this year, I'm not quite sure what the date of it is, but I do believe by the end of this year, we will start rallying back towards an all-time high, start to push that 100,000. Um, and uh, you know, I, I don't know if I have an exact number for the end of this year or the end of this bull cycle, but I, I think it's going to be, I don't think 64 was the top of this bull cycle. I agree. I totally agree with that. With that said, guys, I'm going to go ahead and read some of these super chats. We're going to blaze through them with all yeah, respect. I, I recorded uh, a couple of them. So if you miss any, I got you. I think the first one in the list after Bob's was Matt C. Yes. 
Yes. Okay. So Matt C said, I think it's, I think what's important about the B word is you have three leaders of massive institutions basically stating Bitcoin is a big part of their long-term business plans. Look for this to be the trend in big business. Totally agree with you, Matt C. That's a very good point. Kathy Wood is the CEO of ARK Invest. They have $50 billion in asset un, assets under management. They're not by any stretch the largest fund manager in the world. I think BlackRock is with like $7 trillion. The point is, ARK Invest is a very wealthy company, and Kathy Wood is a very wealthy woman. Uh, Jack Dorsey and Elon Musk, you guys know who they are. It, you're absolutely right, Matt C. And these three individuals have a lot of friends who are very powerful. It's been a transition over the last 12 months. We've seen a lot of institutions having no idea what Bitcoin and cryptocurrency is to all of a sudden all of their friends are talking about it. And one of the things that we've seen happen recently is we've seen a lot of whales starting to hold a lot more Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. Now, we don't know if those whales are individuals or corporations necessarily, but we do know that whales are gobbling up Bitcoin at an, at an unprecedented rate. We are more than likely seeing a lot of the institutions being those whale wallets gobbling up Bitcoin. And the reason that they're probably doing that is because the price is low. Are they going to buy in more when it goes lower? Yes, but we're already seeing them start to buy in. And because they're doing that, they have a vested interest in cryptocurrency. They want to see Bitcoin and cryptocurrency do well because they now are holding it. Elon Musk being a good example. We're talking about all the time about how they are manipulating the market, how there's different things going on in the market, trying to move the market in certain ways. This is a good example of putting their interest and our interest in alignment. The institutions that are now holding Bitcoin and us who are holding Bitcoin both want to see it go up. So we both have a vested interest in doing whatever we can to make it go up. We as retail don't have much power to move the market. The whales and the institutions, though, they most certainly do. So watch out when they have the same interest as you because you then have a very powerful ally. Someone said Bob stole mom's credit card. That's mean. I'm sure Bob is a very successful trader and we are very thankful for him. He donated another 20 yeah, bucks. He didn't even leave same. a message. Thank you so much, Bob. Appreciate you. All right. We have, I think I'm missing, uh, Hussein, I think is the next one. Yeah, we, we have, have, yeah. And the other thing is, while, while you're reading that super chat, I don't know if Smith, you already grabbed him. He's sitting there. The uh, turtle I, I time. Go grab the turtle. It's turtle time. It is it's turtle, turtle time. time. Let's when go. You keep reading super chats. I'll grab the turtle. All right. It is turtle time, guys. Drop a plus one turtle time in chat. Hussein donated $5, said, guys, take a look at Alliance Block, a newer cryptocurrency, has great backers and great project to see if you can give us an opinion on the next episode. Please. We can do that. Uh, Tim, can you write that down? Alliance Tim. Block. Alliance block. Yeah. I mean, I, I have the super chat saved. So what I can do is just highlight it and say, we're going to go back and awesome. We will do that. We will do that my friend. I don't know if we'll talk about it in the next episode, but we'll definitely look into it. And if there's anything interesting there, then we will uh, bring it to your attention. Everybody's talking about turtle power in chat. Looks like we got one more from Matt C. He said, I won't be here tomorrow. What Matt, we can't, we're going to run out of money. What are we going to do? Yeah. I, get, I, I mean, I guess we got Bob now, but I don't know how we're going to fund this thing if you're not here. Uh, so I just wanted to wish you all well, Jeb, and the rest of you have a great weekend. I love this space. See you all on Monday. Let's go, Matt C. You were awesome, my friend. Looking forward to seeing you on Monday. We should be back in office next Wednesday, by the way. My quarantine is over on Tuesday, so long as I'm feeling better. I feel halfway decent now, but nevertheless, we should have turtle time starting here in just a second. This is... <laughs> this is ridiculous. I, I say he, he he put his camera down for the great reveal. You know? Yeah, guys, if you're enjoying today's stream, make sure to smash that like button. If we get to a thousand likes, you're going to get a fun fact about turtles from Smay himself. So make Hello. sure to smash that like button. All right, yeah. you guys, ready? is it time for turtles? I have turtle. This here is Steven Spielberg. He is a young <laughs> turtle. I've had him for about 
Uh, let's see. Uh, I've had him about two years now. Two years. <laughs> I got him when he was like this big. So now, look at that. Yeah. I, what friend. kind of turtle is that? This is a – well, the name is funny. You ready? This is a Florida-specific turtle. It's called a Peninsular Cooter. A Peninsular Cooter. That is exactly what it's called. Yep. I used and to have two you turtles. Know what? You know what? Like I that. do want to give one fun fact. I want to give – so just so you guys know. Hey, hey, hey. we're not at a, we're not oh, at a thousand on. likes. This one's, we're I'm not at a thousand better, likes. I'm going to give a better fun fact at a thousand <sighs> likes, all right? But this one's a quick one. So you see this right here? Oh gosh. This part of the shell, actually – Two two things actually. That actually is their spine, right? So turtles can't actually get out of their shell. That's their spine, right? So that's one. And two, the top part of the shell is called a carapace. That's the side that. for it. It's called a carapace. And Jeb, do you think you can tell us what the bottom is? What's the bottom yeah, of the his, shell? It's his belly. No, it's called a plastron. <laughs> <laughs> well, you went with the simple answer there. <laughs> And this is a young turtle. I actually did know that. I knew that it was called a this plastron. Is a, this I forgot, is a though. young turtle. So you see this really this white, these white streaks here. You see how they're very wide? These white streaks. That's actually his growth, new growth. So these plates yeah. are the ones he had when he was young. And they're obviously these – they're called scoots are a little bit uh, bigger. But that is all new growth, which means he's getting to be a big boy. And these what? turtles can get – so you see how big this turtle is? This turtle can get – about that big. Well, so. maybe at a thousand likes, we can learn more about Smay's platform. Say, Moving on, we're going to talk yeah. about. Some I'm going to put yeah. it back now, so you guys continue to talk about cryptocurrency. Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, that's great, guys. We're going to go ahead and do some Bitcoin TA, but uh, should we answer Bob's super chat first, Tim? Uh, yeah, go for it. Go for it. Let's do it. Bob donated another twenty bucks. He said. I've made a ton of money on crypto, been in Bitcoin since 2013, and I appreciate your dedication to integrity and Christ. I am screen sharing, sorry, uh, to integrity and Christ. Keep up the good work, guys. By the way, give those turtles uh, the fourth video window tomorrow. Heck yeah, that's a good idea. We should totally do that. We'll have to tell somebody to do that. Thank you very much, Bob. I appreciate it. And shout out to you for being in crypto since 2013. That is insane. That's awesome, man. Let's go ahead and jump on to Bitcoin, and we will talk about what has been going on recently. As you guys know, Bitcoin had a major rally yesterday in anticipation of the B-Word conference. We rallied from where we were down around $29,500 and change up to where we are now around $32,000. is one of the larger rallies that we've seen recently. And in doing so, we have now put ourselves right below a downtrending level of resistance that we discussed here on this channel just, a, uh, just yesterday. We talked about how this downtrend, this drawing I put here yesterday, by the way, I did not put this here this morning. I put this here yesterday. Bitcoin rallied up and touched it. I drew this downtrend right here. Bitcoin has almost perfectly tested it four times now. We find that Bitcoin is in a bull pennant. A bull pennant is constituted by a triangle pattern such as this, a rally or a downtrend moving into it, and then eventually you're going to see a breakout in one direction. We are more than likely in this case going to see a breakout to the upside, actually. I don't mm -hmm. think it's going to last, but we will see. Uh, we have this resistance right here, this uptrending level of support right here. We're trading sideways. We rallied bullish into it. We're probably going to rally bullish out of it. Let me show you why. If we look at the Lux Algo indicator here, we talked about yesterday how it was very bullish and how it called this rally. Notice this buy signal right here. I was a little bit skeptical of getting in yesterday. I think we were trading around 31,700. There wasn't much bullishness to go here. Now that we have seen some sideways consolidation, I'm much more comfortable saying that, yeah, this might be a good time to enter a long position. But 
With that said, I will be very careful saying that because I don't think that a breakout here will last very long. I think that we would not see it go above 32 and a half, maybe even all the way up to $33,000, but there is potentially bullishness, uh, bullish price action here. If you guys didn't notice, there was a buy signal here on Lux Algo on the hourly chart. Uh, yesterday, very, very good time to buy in. Anyone who bought in there was definitely very glad that they did. We can also see on the four hourly chart that we saw a buy signal that showed up just a little bit later. Definitely want to make sure you're checking all of your time frames on Lux Algo. And then we can also look out to the daily chart and we'll see that we're still in a bearish signal. We've not seen a bullish we've not seen a bullish signal. We've not seen anything bullish really happen out on the daily chart, except for the fact that we are now seeing a bullish MACD cross. So I guess I should say that there is one bullish thing going on. It's that bullish MACD cross. The question on the table right now is will we be able to maintain this uptrend, break through the 20 daily exponential moving average, which we rejected off of yesterday. Notice this wick right here. We tried to get through this and we failed. Will we be able to break through that, use this bullish engulfing candlestick and the bullish MACD cross and continue this uptrend and reverse this and start going to the upside in a big way or not? What are we going to be able to do here? Because Right now, Bitcoin desperately needs to start breaking resistance if it wants to go into an uptrend, or frankly, it's just going to keep going down. We have seen Bitcoin test $31,000 eight or nine times now. We saw it happen back over here on the 19th of May. We saw it happen here on the 23rd of May. We saw it happen on the 8th of June, the 22nd of June, the 26th of June. We saw it happen on the 16th of July. And then again yesterday, there's a ton of tests here on this level. At the same time, we're seeing downtrending tops. We're in a descending triangle pattern that descending triangle pattern is almost certainly going to push us to the downside. Will we be able to use the slight momentum that we have right now to the upside and start breaching resistance and move to the upside in a big way? I personally don't think so. There might be a little bit of bullishness left, but the reason I say it's going to be hard for Bitcoin to go above uh, $32,500, even all the way up to $33,000, is because $32,500K is major resistance right now. It's constituted yeah. by just a ton of levels in the last couple of months. And we're also below the 20 daily EMA. I think it's going to be very difficult for Bitcoin to break through that, even with the um, even with this uh, triangle pattern, this pennant that we're seeing, this bull pennant right here. I think it's going to be very difficult for that to take place. So I am personally not very bullish on Bitcoin at the moment, other than a potential $500 to $1,000 move to the upside. Frankly, guys, I think that we're going to continue moving to the downside in this in this uh, in this trading channel, this uh, wedge, excuse me, that we've been in for the last several months. And I think it's going to start pushing us down below thirty thousand. I think it's going to be hard for us to hold it. That's my personal opinion. You guys know I'm very bullish on the long term, but I would be surprised to see Bitcoin yeah. manage to stay above that for the long run. Yeah, no, I mean, even like what, looking at your screen right there, you have Jeb. Are you still up? No, you shared. You went down. Uh, yeah, show it again real quick, just so I can. So, I mean, wait, I, wait. I, I, before you say anything, I want to say something to the audience. What do you want to say? If you're watching the stream right now, like the stream. It's the least like you the can do. The least you can do. I just pulled out my turtle, guys. I just did it for you guys. It's because I love you. So he gave you turtle facts, guys. Return, Come on, that's worth a like. Say, we, please like the stream. And like if you get facts. to a thousand likes, I'm going to give you one of the most important turtle facts you'll ever hear. So, I want to hear this. Well, hear you got to hit a thousand likes. Make sure a thousand likes. Like. Jeb, did you hit the like button already? Yes, of course. Smay, did you hit the question. like button already? Yes, I hit the like button. Well, sometimes Smay doesn't hit the like button. I hit the so. like button. I hit the like button. Okay, good. All right, yeah, Jeb, go back to the screen real quick and then kind of move us more to the center of the screen so I can you know, really look at this. Like ah. when, you, when you look at that level of resistance, 
where that meets that descending wedge uh, resistance, you know, that, that's right there, that 32,500, correct? Yeah. Yep. I, I think, oh yeah, you just moved it. Uh, I think that what's going to happen is we're going to move sideways as we currently are. Cause I know you're right now on the daily chart. If you go to the four hourly or the hourly chart, you know, we're moving sideways, 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 sideways. And I think we're going to bump our head potentially right there in that corner piece where you see the, the, the flat level resistance cross the descending level of resistance. And that's where we're going to come back down. I think we have a little bit more to do again. This is something Jeb and I were talking about this morning before the stream even happened is that man, like we have gotten, we have done everything that the institutions have asked us to do for them to get in. And they're not in yet because I think the last piece of the puzzle is they have a price in their mind and they say, when it hits this number, we've seen this happen over and over and over again. This is something that traders do. And, and these institutions have hired experienced, intelligent traders. They choose a number, they enter their buy order and they're waiting. And we have not hit that number yet. Uh, so, you know, Jeb and I were talking about it. Is it it's something that we need to just go ahead and see? Like some people fear, dropping down below the $29,000 level. Cause I've seen reports where like, Oh, if we drop below 29,000 Bitcoin's going to be doomed. It's like, no, do we maybe need to drop below 29,000 and maybe hit that 27, maybe 26, maybe 25 yeah. or even lower to get those buy orders in to go ahead and exhaust the bears and allow the bull rally to continue and bull cycle to continue and go back to what we were saying earlier about hitting new all-time highs, pushing that a hundred thousand dollar price. Yep. No, absolutely. And I think that's something <clears throat> Something else we talked about off camera was uh, as traders, we really have two fights that we can be fighting. We can be fighting to make, to make money or we can be fighting the institutions. One of those fights is hard enough. Trying to make money in cryptocurrency is not easy. That's why we help you guys and come on camera every single day and hopefully help you guys and show you things like LuxAlgo, which we have affiliate links for. And we show you the Cryptocurrency Technical Analysis Academy. If you're interested in learning about uh, technical analysis, we have links for that too. Um, that's why we come on here every single day to help you with that hard fight. The harder fight is trying to fight the institutions. You know, I used the analogy earlier that uh, it, it, the whale decides where we go we are the sucker fish that feed off of the scraps that the whale doesn't want. We don't have the power to change the direction the whale is going. The best thing that we can do is make the most out of where the whale is going. So we want to keep that in mind and not try and yeah. change what the markets are doing, but we want to make sure that we're taking advantage of what they are doing. There's a big difference there. And some people like to get very revolutionary and think like, oh, we're going to fight the whales. We're going to fight the institutions. Go for it, but good luck. You know, you got you only have so much power, and you want to make sure that you're using as much of that power as you can to increase your own profitability. And that's what we're here for. We are here because we want to uh, create a mm -hmm. community that is going to help you become as successful as you possibly can in the cryptocurrency space. With that said, guys, we do have a super chat about technical analysis from Luke Zaldana. He said, is there any significance to the 20 EMA? Is there any significance that the 20 EMA is crossing the 50 and about to cross the 100 on the three hour and the two hour time frame on oh, Bitcoin chart? So I personally don't use the two hour and the three yeah. hour time frame just because not many people use it. The thing you want to keep in mind with technical analysis is technical analysis. The point of it is trying to do... Um, uh, technical analysis, you're trying to figure out what everybody else is thinking so that you can make trades similarly or make trades at least with their thought processes in mind, which is difficult. You don't want to make that harder on yourself by using timeframes that people aren't using. For example, I never use the 45-minute chart because no one's looking at the 45-minute chart. If there's some reason that you want to just see the price, 
the two and the three hour chart go for it. But as far as crosses and everything, I typically only pay attention to the one hour, four hourly and daily chart. And then if I want to go up, I'll look at the weekly or the monthly because people look at that. If I'm going down, I'll look at the one minute, five minute, 15 minute, 30 minutes, something like that. But in general, I don't find a lot of people using the 20 and the, th uh, the two hour and the three hour. So I will more than likely steer clear of it. Oscar asked Jeb going on around the blockchain today. I am. I will be on yeah. ATB today, I think. Also, just for what it's worth, I want to, you know, this was a while ago, but there is there's somebody in chat named German or Jermaine Escobar. Uh, so this is something that we need to keep our eye on because, you know, Jermaine or German, I don't know how his name is pronounced exactly, but he says, I am from El Salvador. And the people who said no, Bitcoin, no to Bitcoin was only like 10 people and five of them were like reporters. That's uh, what I was worried about. Yeah. So, so this, uh, you know, again, we don't want to just go off of one comment, but this is something, again, that was my fear when I read the story. Because this morning I read the story and I was like, I wonder how much of this is true. Like, are, are they exaggerating the numbers? Where do they get these numbers from? Yep. Uh, that is something we see news stations do all the time is just throw out these ridiculous numbers that yep. we're not exactly sure where they even got them from so yeah and i have it right over here and i'll say this and then we're going to wrap it out but the um i i looked into it a little bit while we were talking earlier the study surveyed 1200 people now guys look i understand that surveys are number are already very um unreliable we <laughs> we found out just how reliable polls are in yeah. u.s elections for example it's very difficult to get a gauge on what the entire nation believes if you're only polling 1200 people so that's why i was very uh, respectful when we were reading the article, but also we were a little skeptical. We're like, okay, yes. uh, I want to be very respectful for any El Salvadorans who don't think that this is the right way to go because it's their nation, not mine. That being said, I don't necessarily know if I believe this data. We want to be as respectful as we can to the El Salvadoran people, but we would also ideally like to actually know what they think. So anyone in chat who is from El Salvador, let us know. We would love to have some more on the ground information. Tim, any final thoughts before we wrap it out? My final thoughts is I know we only have two minutes left, and I know we are, what, 174, now 72 likes away from 1,000. Here's the thing, though. I love our audience. I love our our fans. I think that they want – I think a lot of you did the best you could to get us to 1,000 likes. It's true. Smay, let's go ahead and let's have turtle another time. turtle sighting and a turtle fact, and we will wrap out the stream. Turtle after. time. But while he's doing that, make sure you guys smash the likes. Get us to a thousand. Yeah, you know, even get, get we'll we'll, we'll, we'll do after pay. We'll do after pay. Yes. Yeah, we have to have a thousand likes. So we'll give you the product first. You know? So I'm not gonna get the turtle out again just because it's gonna stress him out a little bit too much. So I don't want to do Fair that. Enough. But I'm going to give you guys some of uh, one of the biggest turtle facts that you'll ever know, and it's this. That turtles and tortoises as a whole and terrapins by extension, and I'll tell you guys what a terrapin is in a second, but turtles and tortoises as a family group, a genus, is one of the most endangered animals in the entire world, um, which means if we were to – if there weren't um, – um, what's the word? Organizations like the Turtle Survival Alliance and all these other turtle um, conservation groups, we wouldn't have turtles in the next – 30 years right yeah. so uh they turtles are really down bad and especially overseas and that's actually why um the united states because of the fact that we're a little bit more um conscious about how we treat our wildlife in the united states you know the united states is actually home to the most unique turtle and uh turtle species in the united in the world right so if you've ever heard of you know painted turtles all the all the turtles you see in ponds are actually a very diverse group of a bunch of different species of turtles and overseas they don't actually have that many diverse species of turtles hmm. so it's hmm. very important 
that whenever you can, you can su- uh, support turtle conservation because a lot of turtles and by extension tortoises serve a huge role in our environment. That uh, especially in Florida, we have the gopher tortoise, which is I love gopher tortoises. Uh, gopher tortoises is a uh, what is called a keystone species, which mm-hmm. means its survival uh, with which means like hundreds <laughs> of other animals are dependent on that animal's survival and existence. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, gopher tortoises are expert burrow diggers. They dig mm-hmm. these large burrows that are very strong and very dense, and yep. usually put in very. Uh, ideal areas for other animals to go and nest in during storms and so on. And a lot of animals called those abandoned burrows home. Um, so if you remove gopher tortoises, which gopher tortoises are extremely endangered in the state of Florida, once you move them out, several other animals go extinct. And that's why anything you guys can do to support turtle and tortoise conservation, yeah. it plays a huge role in the ecosystem <laughs> as a whole. And by extension, it improves your life because the, once you knock down those dominoes, and this is why conservation is so important, once you knock down those dominoes, it eventually leads to our quality of life. Meaning if a, this animal goes extinct, that means that animal goes extinct, that animal goes extinct, and then next thing you know, we don't have crops, we don't have a lot of the, the essential things, clean water that we rely on as a human race. So that's why it's not just, oh, I don't care about that animal. A lot of animals have very distinct and integral roles that keep us thriving as a society. So it's important to uh, do your do your part and support conservation. Thank you. Save yeah. the turtles, man. We'll have to, you know, uh, let us know in chat if you guys would love to have a Smay show where he discusses not only the news in crypto, Plus but also turtles and animals. Chat. I saw someone say in chat a while ago, I think it was Sam Hayes who said it. He said, he said, CT2A is great, but I need some STT2A. I saw uh, that. Smay's turtle technical analysis. <laughs> <laughs> You need to do some technical analysis on there, oh on God. the shell, on the on the carapace and the plastron. I remember my terms. Guys, I, I actually used to have a ton of burrows for gopher tortoises back in my backyard. You guys might not know this. I grew up on seven acres, and we had a ton of them. Found my neighbor living in one of them one time. Anyway, guys, that's all we got for today. If you did enjoy today's stream, make sure to smash that like button. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. I, I want to say one more thing. I want to say one thing. Sorry, sorry, oh, sorry. Oh, oh, oh. Guys. Don't feel bad about using plastic straws, by the way. That is a myth. It was made by one social media video. So that actually uh, – certain overuse of plastics is bad, but plastic straws aren't the enemy against turtles. It's really a lot of other factors. So don't worry about – don't feel bad about using plastic straws. That's just a myth from social media. The tortoises media. that people throw in the water, they could use the plastic it, straws as like snorkels. You know? Was the study about that done by the same people who did the study down in El Salvador? Probably, maybe, maybe it's all connected. Probably, probably, connected. probably, probably the same people that think that uh, that Bitcoin Cash is a real cryptocurrency. Ooh, anyway, yeah. we're throwing all kinds of shade Oof. here, guys. That's all we Oof. got for today's video. Like I said, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, and also on TikTok at Crypto Jeb Official. Make sure to sign up for the Cryptocurrency Technical Analysis Academy with the link in the description box down below, and also make sure to sign up for our newsletter and make sure to follow us on Reddit. We're doing meme review yes. tomorrow. You're not going to want to miss it. There's been some good ones. This There's week. been some good ones. Ooh, I have been guys some are, good ones. You guys are kicking I, it up. I love the memes, and I actually have one last thing to say. I'm sorry, oh my guys. Gosh. One last oh thing. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> because I think I kind of left it vague of saying, go support your conservation people. All right. you don't. It doesn't mean you have to go throw money at, at places. The best way and the most simple way that you can actually support conservation efforts is to just go to your local zoo. Go to your local zoo. Uh, have a good time. That is that is indirectly funding um, 
conservation. So I want to see turtle memes on this page when we come oh, on. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. We absolutely. need to see Smeatang turtle. Mo- Someone said in chat, wait, Smeatangs have turtles? And yes, it's true. Yes. Yeah, it's a symbiotic relationship. It's a symbiotic yes. relationship. Yeah. They keep each other healthy. Anyway, that's actually it for today's video. Are we done? We yeah, we're, yes. done. we're done. No okay, we're good. Done. Guys, we're that's done. all we got for today's video. Before we go, though, I do just first want to thank each and every single last one of you for watching, as always. And I will see you guys in the next video. Peace. Oh!